Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2186. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in beautiful Garland, Texas, with a very special guest by the name of Barry Wilson. Barry, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Let's get on it. Yeah, we'll have some fun. Lay some stripes down, as they say. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we talk about this life around cars you've created for yourself, what's one little thing that most people don't know about Barry Wilson? Well, you know, that, that's a hard question for me to answer. I've been thinking about that. And I think probably the, the most mundane or boring thing I could say is that I'm a person that has to always be busy. And on the weekends, I'm usually outside in the yard. And my wife and I love bacon and tomato sandwiches. So I grow tomatoes in the early spring and then until it gets too hot in Texas to grow them anymore. And the people that know that I do that are obviously coming around with their hands out for tomatoes. But the rest of my friends probably don't know that. Well, so that, that's probably <laughs> my one and only thing that nobody else knows anything about me. Now there's going to be a line of people at your door looking for those tasty tomatoes. You know, yeah. my next door neighbor's wife just came back from a family visit in West Virginia and she brought back the most delicious tomatoes. And he said, I'm convinced the only good tomatoes in the world are from West Virginia. The rest of them, you know, the ones in the stores have no taste anymore. But you remind me of my grandfather in a way, Barry, because my grandfather grew up a, a true cowboy, a farmer and a rancher in Texas. And he didn't sit around very well. And I always think maybe I got a little of that from him. I didn't get to spend much time with him because I grew up in Southern California, so I rarely saw him. But a couple things I noticed when I did get to visit the farm, which was like going to an alien planet for me, was he was never sitting around because he's a farmer, right? I mean, they, they can't right. sit around. And he was always rubbing his finger and thumb together. He had this like nervous thing going on. And yeah. I, I asked him one time, I said, Grandpa, what's with the, the finger rubbing? And he goes, well, I just feel like there's always something to do. So that's something to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. that, that's about right. You know, I, I grew up in a rural community and it was all farmers. And, you know, they are just constantly worried about what's going to happen next. You know, they've got a, a, a whole field out there full of wheat and they wonder what the weather's going to be. And then if it is, what what's going to happen? And, and it just, when that's over, they start worrying about their cattle. And, you know, farmers just have a kind of a rough life because most of what happens to them, they have no control over. Right. Yeah. So they're just at the mercy, mercy of Mother Nature and whatever happens, happens, and they better make the best of it. Well, it's true. He and my grandmother drove all the way from Texas to San Diego to visit us once. And that's a three-day drive. That's a long drive. Yep. And they were there for about three days. And he said, well, we're going home today. And I said, well, Grandpa, you just got here. And he goes, yeah, Mark, but you know, you know what? The cows and the horses, they don't take vacations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah, about I think right. he was bored. I think he just, you know, had to get back. I mean, that's the way it is. So, Well, I am a lot like him because I, I don't like to take vacation either. I'm, I'm a worker. So as soon as I get somewhere, I'm ready to go home. 
Yeah, well, I, I understand. I feel a little bit that way, too. Unless I'm going to cool car shows or races, and then I can have a little bit of fun. But there's always something to do when I get back. Let me give you a proper introduction, and this might uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about you. Barry Wilson is the owner of Wilson Auto Repair. It's a business he started over 40 years ago. His father was the Ford dealer in the small town of, now how do I say, Wacomus, Oklahoma? Wacomus. Wacomus, Oklahoma, with only 670 people in that town. And Barry grew up around cars, of course. He worked for the Ford Motor Company and the American Motors Corporation, AMC, I remember those guys, until starting his own business. He appeared regularly on Fox 4 TV for 10 years answering car repair questions, and he had his own radio show. Plus, he was often a guest on numerous local radio stations talking about cars. Barry's restored and repaired classic cars from the 60s and 70s for over 15 years. His website offers numerous how-to repair videos covering numerous automotive technical tips and tricks. So, as he said, he doesn't sit around very well. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsor, so give them a little love. They keep the fuel in the tanks here, and we'll be right back. I've enjoyed the quality and variety of Lloyd's floor mats for decades now, and I'm super excited to report that Lloyd's Mat Store is now part of the Covercraft family of products. Car care that protects the things that move you. Lloyd's floor mats are the ultimate in quality and fit with carpet mats, all-weather mats, velour techs, Berber, classic loop carpet, and they're proudly made in the USA. They're designed and sewn with the highest of quality and offer custom fitment for almost any vehicle. There's a wide variety of styles, fabrics, and colors to choose from, and hundreds of licensed logos as well. Protect your vehicle's factory carpets from moisture, dirt, mud, snow, slush, anything that Mother Nature can throw your way. All of your options are quality made, easy to clean, they secure to the floor, and they look oh so good. Check out Lloyd's Mat Store for a wide variety of styles, colors, and options for your vehicle today. And I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, C-A-R-S-Y-E-A-H, at lloydsmatstore.com, you'll get $10 off. Just use the code CARSYEAH at L-L-O-Y-D. M-A-T-S-S-T-O-R-E.com, LloydsMattStore.com, Covercraft and Lloyd's Mats, protecting the things that move you. Fall is here, and you know what that means. Time to put a good coat of protection on your vehicle. I'm teamed up with AutoGeek, and they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started back in 1997 as a small mail-order catalog company grew into a multi-website-based e-commerce store, and that's what they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries, and its retail sector ships worldwide. If you want to protect your vehicle this fall, and you should, go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. American Collectors Insurance is my go-to for collector car insurance, and it should be yours as well. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? 
If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Barry, we are back. So I'd love to talk a little bit about this business that you've created. You're a guy, you're a rather mature guy like me. I didn't call you old. I'm not going to call myself old, but we've been around for a little while. I think you've been around a little bit longer than me. But you started this business you've been doing for many, many decades. And as you said, what else am I going to do? I'm not going to retire and sit around. I love what I'm doing. So talk a little bit about this business you built and how it's evolved over the years. Well, I uh, one day found myself at my shop with the only business left that was working well, and that was my shop. And uh, I realized that I might not be able to pay for my bills and support my family if I didn't go to work. So I just put my head down and and started soliciting business and building opportunities for myself to get better. And as time went along, uh, before I looked up, I'd been there 20 years. <laughs> wow. And I didn't really have the best location, still don't for that matter. I have to rely on who's in the neighborhood. And as time's gone by, my neighborhood's kind of degraded uh, and people have gotten older. And as they say in my business, you want to be in a neighborhood where there's a lot of soccer moms because they, they are in their car driving all the time and they need to get them fixed right away. So as time went by, I got to about 2000 and cars started getting a lot better, you know, up in the 80s and 90s. Mostly everything that General Motors and Ford made broke a lot. So there were a lot of opportunities there to, to fix them. So at about the year 2000, uh, I looked around and realized that cars were now not breaking. You know, you, where you needed brakes at 20,000 miles, you didn't need brakes anymore. Starters didn't fail. Air conditioning, my major con- business in the summertime in Texas, was now not there any longer. And I thought, what am I going to do? So I got a hold of R.L. Polk, and, and back then you could buy names. And I got a list of classic car owners in Texas. I made a flyer up and mailed it out. And it wasn't too much longer after that. I got two complete restorations in. So I I still had mechanics and none of them knew what a distributor or a carburetor was because we were all doing distributors ignition with fuel injection. So I did those first two cars myself and restored them. Learned a lot. Probably was a good thing for me. And then as time went by, it started just kind of creeping up and getting better and better to the point where I just totally quit uh, working on new cars and work on classic cars only. Oh, cool. You know, uh, there again, I I can't mark that date or that time, but it was 15 or 20 years ago when that all started. And I've gone from, you know, two mechanics to 12 with a body shop and a painter and, you know, things that tools that I thought I'd never have to own. 
learning how to weld better than I ever thought I'd have to learn how to weld. And uh, anything that was related to fabricating, I, I learned how to do. And uh, it just all kind of evolved over time. And I'm now, today, I'm probably looking at 40 cars at my shop that I'm working on. Whoa, so, you know, you're a, you're a great example, Barry, of teaching an old dog new tricks. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, my hat's off to you because a lot of times, uh, and I've had a lot of older guests, I'll, I'll say older guests, uh, more mature guests, retired people on the show. And it's very hard many, many times for people to change and, and stop and readdress something and pivot, as they call it, in the new world and do something different. But have you found with this change that your career, your business is more rewarding? Because I've got to think fixing cars is fine, but restoring cars, you're in a passion field now. Yeah, I really think, uh, I think all the way back to when I was growing up in Wacomus, I was always intrigued by the used car lot. And my grandfather had a Model T out there that he never drove. I, I never saw it run, but it was always there. And I was always out there nosing around that car. And he would occasionally trade for a car in the 40s. And this would have been in the 50s and 60s. And I was always intrigued with those cars. And I really believe that as time has gone by, I've now placed in a job that I was really intended to do from the very beginning. So, you know, how that goes. And so I'm happy that, as you say, an old dog, I'm 75. So however many years that are left in me, I hope all, every one of them is spent around old cars. It's really exciting for me. Well, this is cool. You're a very young 75-year-old, I can tell right now. Uh, and I think this is neat. The other thing I mentioned in your intro, that you've embraced this new technology, is you've created videos. And you have a lot of videos on your website. Talk yeah. about those. Well, I also have to face reality and the reality for me is, is that one day I'll wake up and there'll be a pain somewhere and not ever work again. So I have looked at uh, what my business is worth. And as you may or may not know, most of the brokers out there uh, don't give you much credit for 40 years worth of business. And I thought, you know, I need to do something to enhance what I have so that if I do have to sell it, it it'll be worth more money. So uh, th in the last year or so, I have gone into the semi-influencer business, uh, trying to get affiliate dollars, uh, trying to create more vision about my business. And uh, all of that has turned into uh, numerous videos that fortunately I had uh, some experience on TV of how to explain things well enough people could understand it. And we've been putting all those videos on my website and we'll see how that works out. You know, it's just another adventure that's been a lot of fun. I also started uh, a company called Lindsay's Classic Cars, which is a, a way you can buy and sell cars, you know, where you, you place an ad on there and pay me for being putting the ad on there and then somebody else buys it. So far, after eight months, I've not had an ad. So, you know, so there again, you get to learn things, you know, and, and uh, th those things have kept me busy, but I'm, I'm primarily busy at my shop. I offer a lot every day when I come to work. Those guys depend on me to help them through each one of the the problems that they have and we have numerous problems with these old cars trying to get them straightened out where they'll work right yeah you know again my hat's off to you because you've embraced new technology you're trying new things i mean that's what successful businesses do and i would imagine have you thought of or do you have your videos on youtube do you have a youtube channel i do yeah those videos that you see on my website site go straight to youtube perfect yeah that's the way to do it well it sounds like man you're making some great strides i think this is was pretty darn cool and one of the things and we're going to talk about a challenge in a minute and i wanted to bring up 
the challenge these days of finding great workers. And we'll save that thought until after the break. But I also wanted to ask you about if there was a great mentor or influencer in your life, because most successful people, if not all that I've interviewed, have had somebody in their life that have helped them, influenced them, inspire them to be who they are. Is there somebody like that in your life? Well, not a not a person, but lots of people, starting with my grandfather. Uh, he was a, a German immigrant from a German family and was quite gentle and would let me wander around from about three years old till he passed away in his shop. And a big day for me was handing a tool to a mechanic and he'd let me lean over the fender and watch him for, you know, for hours at a time without really hurting me in. So he, he kind of got me started and got my nose headed in the right direction. And then my dad was a taskmaster. Uh, he taught me how to work. And I've always been appreciative of that. That and the fact that he he taught me what the, what what it meant to be honest. So he, my dad would take my brother and I uh, as slaves, and if anything needed to get done in that little town, uh, we were his slaves. And so he, I, I don't want to offend anyone, but he called all the women there that were without husbands, and you know men died early back then. He called them his widow women, and he would send us down to mow their yards. Uh, work on whatever they needed done in the way of handyman stuff. We'd, we'd mow the yard at the church. He'd take us out and draw a circle in the dirt and tell us to start digging for a sewer tank or whatever. But he taught us the value of work. And uh, that, that was really important because now I have something to fall back on the rest of my life. I, I always know that if I can't make it, I can get a paper route or I can mow yards, you know, and I can still make a living. So outside of that, uh, and I'll end up here quickly, that I, I've learned to appreciate all the comments of all the people that I've been around all my life. A lot of my technicians have taught me a whole lot about fixing cars and all of my friends have taught me a lot about how to live my life. Well, what is it about Texas? Holy cow. There must be something in the water there that uh, uh, helps people understand the value of hard work. Cause I, I'm sure that's where I got it. It was from my dad and he got it from his dad, that and uh, his uh, ethics and honesty and uh, yeah, don't be afraid of a day of hard work. And I remember my father teaching me, have a trade to fall back on. So if things don't work out at your job, you can go do something. So he convinced me to start a detailing business when I was 14, which carried me all the way through college, paid for my college education, and uh, even helped me save up when I got married for my first home. I was doing that on the weekends yeah. on top of working. So yeah, don't be afraid of hard work. We'll take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about this challenge question. I've got something in particular to ask you about. So keep that thought in mind and we'll be right back. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars Yeah for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing and in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six. And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or type in Renew 12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars yeah? He's become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to linkagemag.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. 
Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. Cars yeah has teamed up with TechForce Foundation, one of our charities of choice, to help young people who love cars, problem-solving, and working with their hands pursue careers as professional technicians. From auto, collision, and restoration techs to motorcycle boats, race cars, and aviation, TechForce covers the gamut of technician opportunities. Technical education and the skills trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn how you can help to power the technical workforce at techforce.org today. So the challenge question, now, you may have your own answer to a great challenge that you face, but I want to address this concern because it's really something that is happening in the world today. Finding great workers, it seems to be very hard, and finding people, that young people in particular, that want to work on old cars seems to be a challenge as well. So how do you manage that in your business, or is that a challenge? Well, it's a a very big challenge, and it's not one that I'm the only one trying to face and overcome. I I have learned to relax. That's how how I'm handling it. I I need to know how to do that. (laughs) I understand. Well, last year, I uh, I, in all previous years, I always endeavored to look for people that I thought I could make into mechanics and that would like working on classic cars. And I, if I was a baseball player, I wouldn't be in the league anymore because I was really not very successful at that. And I, I, I don't know if it was who I picked or, or the fact that it's just a tough thing to learn. But I, I, this year, I've learned that I have 12 great guys that work for me, and I have more work than I can possibly get done. And I've learned to deal with both those things and just sit back, relax, do what I can do. And uh, it, it, if I don't get it done and somebody wants to come get their car, then that's okay. Okay, so now the big question I have for you is learning how to relax. Now, that statement may sound trivial to some people, but to people that are very motivated and driven, it is very hard to do that. So could you elaborate for our listeners? Because I know there's some people listening, and I'm one of them. How to relax. I hear that from my wife every once in a while. Can't you just, like, relax and, you know, sit back and enjoy a few moments. And it's like, ah, it's hard to do. Yeah, it is. I think for me, what I learned out of all this is that there are certain things that I can control and certain things I can't control. So the things that I can control, uh, I want to enjoy the ones that are important to me. So working on cars is very important. It's equally important for me to make sure that those cars are fixed I don't ever say perfect, but every day I want to give it my very best effort to try to make it perfect. I don't concern myself too much with all the trivial stuff that's around me. Now, my wife is going to tell you that I'm nervous all the time and I don't do very well on Mondays, but I'm a whole (laughs) lot better than I used to be. Okay. So I I deal with it that way. I just know that I can only do so much during a day and I'm very, very ambitious and motivated, but I can't do any more than I'm doing. Uh, if if God wants to send me some more employees, I would be very helpful, happy okay. for that to happen because I think that's about the only way that it's going to actually evolve for me. I've tried ads and all different kinds of ways to bring people in. And you just kind of have to sit back and say, you know, you're 75, your things are good. You know, you're paying your bills. Uh, you eat every day. Your dogs are happy and you're driving a nice pickup. Just, just take it for what it's worth and move on. Yeah. You know, one of the great things about growing old 
and learning during life is you can share those lessons like you just shared with us today, which is a valuable lesson, which is hard for some people to understand and young people to go, what are you talking about? You know, but uh, yeah, as we age, uh, we get more wisdom and realize that uh, uh, life is pretty good. You know, I have two charities of choice that I focus on here that might be of help to you, RPM Foundation and Tech Force Foundation. These two organizations help show young people and even older people who want to change career paths. I've had a few guests on the show that they're in their 40s and 50s who completely changed their career paths and went into this world of automotive restoration. They help people find work there. So those might be two organizations to reach out to and perhaps they and you can work together to find the right people to go uh, towards your business. So uh, you'll find those uh, those organizations easy to find, RPM Foundation, Tech Force Foundation, but I can make some recommendations for you. Uh, Great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, hopefully I can be of some help. Now, one of the things we like to talk about here on Cars yeah, are special vehicles. And in your case, this could be a vehicle that you've owned, or maybe it's a vehicle that you've restored, that you had no idea you'd have so much fun restoring, uh, but it turned out to be something that you grew pretty fond of. So is there such a vehicle in your life? And if so, share a story about that ride. Well, I, I, I'm probably just like all my customers. They all have one vehicle in their life that had a big impact on their life, uh, whether it be at the drive-in or the racetrack or wherever. And they want to recreate their life around that vehicle. So I have the opportunity and the fun of hearing their stories and being involved. Uh, For me, my very first car was a 63 Galaxy 500 convertible. Nice. Uh, I grew up in a town where if you made 50 cents an hour, you were a rich man. (laughs) And I somehow saved $1,000. I was kind of a miser. So all throughout, I I saved money. And when I turned 16, I went to my grandfather's dealership and with my mother and we put a thousand dollars down on this car. And my my mother and I then shared the payments on it. She got to drive it to her school 12 miles away where she was teaching school. And I drove my other vehicle, which was a 1940 Ford pickup. And that was kind of my mechanic learner pickup. You know, if something broke, I could work on it and nobody would criticize me. So that car probably meant the most to me. I drove it all the way up through about my last year of college. Uh, I finally wore it out. I had to do something else. I got out of the army and I needed another car. So I traded it in. And then, you know, 20 years later, I was still looking for it. So uh, it was important to me. I do have another 63 Galaxy that sets at my shop that I have never restored that I hope to get done someday in my life to uh, just kind of complete that circle. Yeah, well, convertible makes it extra special too. So uh, yeah, that's a pretty neat car. So I'm going to be your car psychologist today. I do this with all my guests. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here and see how you manage this one. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, manifest as a vehicle. Now, this isn't what you want to be, Barry. This is how you perceive the man in the mirror. What kind of vehicle would you be? But the most important part of this question is, the why? <laughs> I know I'd be a pickup. Okay, I kind of, I kind of I, figured that. <laughs> I know I'd be a pickup. Uh, I, I don't think of myself as flashy. Uh, I find myself to be dependable. I'm always there when you need me. Uh, I'm useful. A pickup's very useful to lots of people that don't have pickups that need one. Uh, I'm dependable, and 
every day I have a purpose in life to do something. And that's what I think pickups are all about. So that would probably be. Well, of course, Texas, you got to be a pickup truck. I mean, although pickup trucks are popular everywhere in this country, you see them everywhere. They become a mainstay vehicle for so many people that don't even put anything in the back. They just love driving them. My my next door neighbor drives a wrap and, uh, you know, he's not like he's hauling that much around, but he just loves driving it. And I got to say, when he let me drive it, when he got it new, I was pretty impressed with that thing. Yeah. It wasn't like any truck I ever drove. Yeah, they're nice. Uh, My pickup bed scratched. So you can tell I, I work out, but you know, there you I'm, a like, I'm a little bit like a farmer, you know, they, they throw stuff in there and it may stay there for a long time. So my pickup gets used all the time. There you go. Now, giving back, I have the concept here of getting to know you, the fortune of getting to know you a little bit, Barry. And I have a feeling that you're the kind of guy that likes to give back. Now, one way that I see you give back is you create jobs. And to me, one of the most important things in the world is for someone to have something to wake up and go do. And if that allows them a way to provide for themselves and their family, even better because it makes us feel so good about ourselves. I think when you look at this country and the job market uh, is robust, people are happy and you don't see as many problems. And when the job market is not robust, you see a lot of problems, a lot of emotional problems, violent problems. Uh, Just people are messed up when they can't take care of themselves. So what are some ways that you perceive that you give back to help others? Well, my wife told me to tell you that when I fill up with gas, I usually get hit up for a tank of gas and I always pay for it. Really? So, wow. Yeah. So, so something something about my face, uh, although my grandchildren look at me with fear, uh, <laughs> when I pull into the gas station, there's something on my forehead that says, if you need gas to get to work here, come see me. Well, and, that's awfully and I nice of you. And I somehow, and I'm not saying that happens a lot, but when it does, uh, I think that's my opportunity to do something to help somebody. Uh, I I don't think that I, uh, when I think about giving back, I think we always try to think of that in broad terms. And in reality, if we're if we're able to change one or two lives over the career of our own lives, then we've probably done a good job. So the the one the one giving back that actually paid off for me was a young man still in the still a uh, mechanic to this day uh, came in from high school. You know, they said his teacher sent him down there to get a, an after school job. And uh, when I looked at him, I just could tell that he would never be a mechanic. I just knew that it would work out. And so I let him hang around there and you know, kept a broom in his hand and Every once in a while, at the end of the day, he'd come up and say, uh, Mr. Wilson, is there something that you're going to let me do to work on a car? So eventually I started letting him do stuff. And it was so exciting for him that he would run to the car for fear that I would change my mind before he got there. <laughs> so, so as time progressed, you know, he turned out to be a pretty mechanic. And, and that, that's been about 25 or 30 years ago that he started. He had a little snap-on toolbox that stood about two foot tall that his uncle gave him. And uh, his dad gave him a Z28 Camaro that was worn out to drive back and forth to work, which he still has in his shop, but he's never done anything with. And uh, I I think that I helped him get into a profession and a business and taught him a little bit along the way and maybe changed his life, I hope. So if that's the only thing that I ever do in a positive sense, then I did something somewhat good to help him out. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it, it goes back to just giving somebody a chance. 
uh, taking a chance on somebody, giving them an opportunity, uh, then they've got to pick up the wrench and know how to turn it or learn how to turn it or ask the advice. But uh, that's a pretty cool story. That's pretty darn nice. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Run to the job. Please don't change your mind, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so true. It. I love it. Now, how about a great book? We love books here at Cars. Yeah. Is there a great book you'd like to recommend? You know, I don't read. I'm sorry to say I do read stuff about cars all the time. Wow. I'm always on the internet. Okay. I'm not, I think I'm dyslexic. In fact, I was just visiting with a guy uh, yesterday uh, working on his car in his garage and he said his son was dyslexic. And I said, you know, I don't like to read either. And he said, well, you should read this book because uh, it, it explains maybe what dyslexic, dyslexic means. So for that reason, it, it, it bothers me to have to read. But I do I do like to read articles. I like to be acquainted with uh, all types of things. You know, uh, in Texas right now, as an example, uh, we've had some electricity or power problems. I think they were related back to a storm. Uh, we're always thinking about uh, water and utilities and roads and homeless people and all the problems that exist. And I like to somewhat think about that, uh, think of ways that we can help other people and maybe make suggestions on those lines. So, that, so that's how I consume my time when I'm not thinking about how I'm going to get a carburetor on a Pontiac to run better, you know? <laughs> I understand. You know, one thing I recommend to people, and I've had a fair number of people on this show that uh, say they are dyslexic. And I'll tell you some interesting thing. I found out my father was dyslexic when he was about 80 years old. I never yeah. knew it. He kept it a secret from everybody because he was so embarrassed about it. And I, I just kind of blew me away at the time. But one of the things that he got into were audiobooks. And yeah. enjoying books, listening. My wife is a voracious reader and she loves audiobooks. And I always, I'll say this again. I keep saying it. I get people to email me going, I had no idea. Your local library will send you to your device free audiobooks. All you have to do is get a library card. Our taxes already pay for it. And if they don't have the book, request it and they'll get it so that you can get books for free via audio. It comes right to your phone. Quite an amazing thing. And uh, yep. I still have people a day ago, I had no idea that libraries even still existed, uh, but that they do that. So I'll offer that to you as an option maybe uh, next time if you do take a vacation to sit on a plane and listen to an interesting book. I have a wife that talks more than I do, so I don't have to worry too much. You know, She'll <laughs> read and tell me what she, what she read. Okay, you just got in trouble as she's listening to this. Yeah, she's so. not here, so I'm okay. Well, she might listen to the show, so... Uh, Oh, but I'm going to leave that in and you can, we'll see. I, you can call me back and see how you manage that. Okay, uh, It's the opposite here in this house. And my wife says that about me. Uh, stop talking. So the ultimate drive, I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive. Barry, today I am the benefactor. I'm going to park any garage, any garage. I'm going to park any car in your garage, any car in the world. You can take it for a ride. And here's the cool part. You can take anybody with you, even somebody who's no longer with us. Somebody from the past, somebody who's deceased. Ultimate ride for Barry, what does it look like? It would be uh, my car, a uh, 65 Olds two-door Jetstar, two-door hardtop. Okay. Uh, it would be with my wife, and we would leave Dallas and go north, and we would not go on the freeway. We would be on the two-lane roads, and every small town that we stopped in, we'd probably visit some store, uh, hopefully an antique store with junk that we could look at and then never buy anything, but then talk about it all the way to the next store. <laughs> and uh, we would probably try to like to end up at Mount Rushmore or Yellowstone. We've never been there and uh, enjoy that ride and spend all the time talking about 
things we've done together or families or things we'd like to do. Well, I strongly urge you to go do that sooner than later. Uh, I think you'll, uh, you'll find it refreshing and enjoyable. It's one of those things that we all talk about things we're going to do. And if we never do them, the day comes where we can't, like you said, you make wake up with a pain and now you don't have the ability to do it. So, uh, my advice to you is take that trip. I'll try to take that. Okay. You'll try. That's all I can ask. You've taken us on a really fun ride today, Barry. You've been a delight. And, uh, I'll tell you listeners, you know, what I do here at Cars Jazz like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. I never know what I'm going to get. Most people I've never met before. Uh, Barry, you have left a great taste in my mouth. Uh, uh, you're a sweet man, an awesome guy, and this has been a real delight. Before I let you go, could you share some words of inspiration, wisdom, or advice uh, given your mature years and all the knowledge that rests in your head? I want to tell you a story uh, to end in. I, I uh, in the process of making my shop work, bought a book of cassette tapes that I would listen to on the way to work. And one of the stories was about a man that had convinced some investors to let him mine for gold in California. And he got out there and after five years of digging dirt and chopping rocks, he found nothing. And he called the people that he had invested and said, I've wasted your money and your time. I'm gonna sell all the equipment. You can have whatever's left. I'm walking out today. And he did so. And along comes another man that buys all his equipment, goes in there, digs five feet more and finds gold. Finds gold. <laughs> yeah. So you remember that about your life. You know, the, the, you never know what's around the corner. Uh, you, if you have a good attitude, you can always accomplish something. You know, I've seen a, a meme online of that same thing where there's a, a shot like a guy digging in the ground. You can see and he finally gives up and just another pickaxe swipe ahead is the gold mine. Right. And so, uh, but the other one I've seen is sometimes you need to know when to stop digging and get out of the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. There's, there's two ways about that. How can people learn more about your business, Barry? I, I'm on the uh, website, wilsonauto.com. Uh, my blog is also on there and I also have a newsletter. Uh, my daughter helps me with Instagram and Facebook, Wilson Auto Facebook. Uh, and you can also contact me uh, at my shop anytime. My phone number is on my website. There you go. I'll put links to all of this on Barry's show notes page so you can reach out, you can follow him. Uh, Barry, you're a great testament to a guy, like I said, and I meant it with all kindness, you can teach an old dog new tricks. And, oh, thanks. Uh, and I think it's pretty cool because I run across some people that are my age and older that sometimes just they don't want to learn anything more. And I, I always kind of wonder why I get it, because this technology frustrates me sometimes when things don't work. But you know what? Sometimes you got to keep digging and that gold could be the next pick away. So there you go. There you go. Barry, thank you for uh, being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing your immense wisdom. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you maybe at Mount Rushmore down the road. There you go. <laughs> that Take would care. be fun. This has been great. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!